Well, hello everyone and welcome to the Notes to My Legal Self. I'm Olga Mack, I'm your host. Uh, we haven't had an episode in a few weeks. Um, I've been traveling, I've been very busy. Doing the show on the road is actually kind of hard. Um, not always do I have a good internet connection, but even more importantly, I don't always have a good light, so I'm visible. So it's a little hard to have a conversation when I'm invisible. So uh, we're going to experiment and see how to make sure we have continuous conversations. But today I'm back. I'm very excited. We have a great guest. She's wonderful. She's someone that I've known for a while, but only recently met in person and had a fantastic time meeting her. But before we begin, let me give you a few in-flight instructions. One. You will get so much more out of the conversation if you're part of it. So comment, react, ask questions. Today's guest loves answering questions, so definitely do that. And two, as you know, these conversations are possible because you make recommendations of in-house leaders who should join and we can collectively learn from. So if you know someone you can want to learn from or you would like to see in action, or if that somebody is you, nominate that person. I consider self-nomination an act of courage, and I very much encourage you to do just that. So with that in mind, I am very excited to welcome Megan to Notes to My Legal Self. Megan, welcome. Please introduce yourself. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Um, I'm Megan Lutz. I'm the general counsel and CHRO at Glowforge. It's a tech startup in Seattle. I'm based out of Seattle. Really cool. So before you become general counsel of a tech startup, something I know a lot about too, and I think it's one of the coolest jobs in the world. Um, what was the scenic route that got you there? Oh gosh, it was scenic. I uh, graduated law school in the height of the 2009 recession. And so I um, started at a law firm and uh, was so happy to get that job because many of my colleagues at law school could not find jobs. And then um, was promptly laid off and decided I wanted to move in house. Um, so I networked a lot and ended up starting at a very large Fortune 500 public international company, worked in house there, did employment law for a long time, did some immigration work. Then I decided I needed to broaden my background a bit and decided to make a move to do more commercial work. Uh, I went over to Moss Adams, a large national finance firm and did their commercial agreements and helped with their commercial side. And then um, I was recruited to go over to a tech startup, which is another one in Seattle. And we kind of did some hyper growth. We grew from 100 employees to 1,000 in a year and opened offices, did fundraising rounds, and built a legal function out. Um, I took over that legal department and then um, ended up making a move over to where I currently am to build the legal function at Glowforge. If we talked about other things, I would ask you about going from 100 to 1,000 and how <laughs> does the in-house leader survive and thrives under circumstances because that's a huge growth. Um, but I will ask you about something else that is more on topic of our conversation, which is you recently wrote a book. What is it? And then how does one get up in the morning and decide to write a book? <laughs> uh, it's called The Art of Networking. Um, and, you know, I actually had been meaning to write it, as I'm sure many people mean to do many things for a lot of years. Um, it, the, it came from the idea that I was speaking at a law school class um, at my law school, uh, talking to law students. And one of the most 
um, needed or appreciated pieces of advice related to networking. Uh, law students are always told, go out and network. It's important to your legal career, which I agree it is, but nobody talks about the tact, like the actual literal logistical ways to network in a meaningful way. And in addition, as a general counsel, people kept trying to network with me. And I would notice all sorts of things that I, I wish someone had told me when I was networking. Um, and so I just from a timing standpoint, ran out of time to continue to do regular one-on-one -on -one coaching on mentoring to everybody that I wanted to talk to. So I decided to just write it into a book and that that was actually less time than continuing to do it one-on-one. -on -one. Um, and then I was actually featured in a international magazine and they said, do you have a QR code for a book? And I thought, hmm, I will just tell them I do and that will make me finish it. And so I said, yes, I will get that to you. When do you need it by? And I thought I'd have a few month runway and they said Tuesday. So that is what helped me finish my book quickly. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing like a good deadline. I love it. Exactly. You know, you said something interesting. You said, um, you know, we mean to do a lot of things, but we actually, you know, don't actually end up doing. We just sort of end up dreaming them. Um, so, and it sounds like you had a an opportunity to be lit up and go forward with it. Mm -hmm. um, why was this project? Other than, you know, you uh, created an artificial deadline, why was it important for you to take this idea and graduate it from meaning to do it to actually doing it? I think in all professions and professional life or not even professional, I suppose personal, but certainly in the legal profession, your network is um, one of the most important factors to success. Um, whether you're at a law firm and trying to build business, which is the more obvious one, but or if you uh, need sponsorship or mentorship um, in your life, or whether you're considering a different track, or whether you are wanting to just benchmark what you're doing against other colleagues who are doing similar things, um, or whether that's understanding other opportunities that may be out there, or um, you know, knowledge sharing. All of that is so vitally important. Um, I have the privilege of having a really robust and supportive and incredible network with people like Olga in it. And um, that has made my career and my life richer. Um, and so I, I want to share the things that I learned and I learned them the hard way. You know, I, I networked and I learned them extremely hard. And so if I can distill them down so others can take from that and make it their own, um, then thought that was important to do. I heard you too, a lot. Um, thank you for that. Um, what is, I guess, the number one thing you can do to be a better networker or two or three? But let's start with one. <laughs> uh, I think one of the first ones is to, to make sure you're adding value to your network. Networking is not about what can I get from this person? How do I meet somebody that I really want to give me a job? It's about creating a meaningful relationship and finding a way that you can be valuable in their network, which makes people inversely want to be valuable to yours um, is probably the first one. And to do that, you have to show up in a way that's impressive, uh, that is researched, that is um, well put together and thoughtful. Um, and so I think that would probably be my first. I love that. So when you talk about being valuable, what is that like? What are examples of being valuable to your network? They, you know, that sounds very big and ambiguous and grand. Like, what what does it mean? Like, say in the relationship of Megan and Olga, or Megan and somebody else, or Olga and somebody else. Yeah, it could be everything from something grand, like I 
hear about an incredible opportunity. I know you're happy and not moving, but if I did and I thought of you, right? For, or something very Megan, small. whatever you do, never stop thinking of me. I will always <laughs> think of you all the time in a non-creepy way. Um, but I, or it could be tiny, right? Like you post something on LinkedIn and I comment on it and that helps elevate you professionally on LinkedIn. It's something like this, you saying, please, I would love for you to come on my uh, notes to my legal self and giving me a platform um, with, that is within your ability to give. It's sending recommendations. It's, you know, um, it's liking something people post. It's, you know, highlighting people's work. Um, it's just offering advice if either of us have it or sharing conferences that are coming up. Um, it could be big. It could be small. It could be um, anywhere in between and probably changes over time. Um, but it's finding a way and it's just an interpersonal relationship skill. When you talk to someone, you understand their interests, their hobbies, their likes, the things they want um, and figuring out how you can help. If you're trying to cook a big meal for your fill in the blank um, get together and I have a recipe, um, it's just finding ways in which you are a value add to someone in their life. And it doesn't have to be monumentous. You don't have to have a job to offer. It could be small. I love it. You mentioned um, that as a general counsel, um, and many folks try to um, network with general counsel for various reasons, either to to be them when they grow up or to sell them something or learn or be connected with somebody else or gazillion many other reasons. You see wrong ways to be uh, approaching general counsel. Uh, what are some what are sort of red flags? You know, what you definitely say, whatever you do, do not do that. <laughs> I always say it's it's better to not network at all than to network poorly, right? You'd rather people in your network not say anything than to say negative things about you or think negative things about you. So, you know, showing up in a way that is um, researched and thoughtful and you're your own PR brand, right? So if you show up and your impression is that you are needy, that you are asking for something that you didn't research, right? So I'll get people that reach out and say, hi, Megan, I'd like to talk to you about your life at a law firm. And you're like, well, clearly I'm not at a law firm. So I don't know if you just copy and paste that to everyone <laughs> or if or if you don't understand in-house life or I don't know which. Oh, but this is where you say, let's just do that 10 years ago. <laughs> exactly. Let them figure out to have a conversation in the past. Right. Or like, why waste your time? Or, you know, um, or did you even take the time? Why would I spend my time talking to you if you didn't take the time to understand what I do? Um, or if the immediate thing is a really pushy salesman, he asked, hi, can we set up a demo? Hi, following up, can we set up a demo? Hi, I think you missed my note. Um, super annoying. Um, and, you know, I've actually saw a really recent um, salesperson, which to be fair, I empathize with those that have to make sales calls and that have to try to get customers. Um, I saw an interesting approach from a legal tech person. They messaged and said, I bought your book. Uh, I loved it. I read it. And I'm interested in buying some for my cohort of new people at my company. And I would love if you would come speak with them as well as I'd love to talk to you. And then we chatted at human nature, right? You want to like reciprocate <laughs> something. And then we went to lunch and we're building a relationship. There was never an ask immediately. Can you put me in touch with your insurance broker people? Can you, you know, can I, it, it's a slow relationship building and that is the way networking works. I love how you think about it. Um, you know, I think I find that as we go through life, people usually think of networking when the need arises. You know, I need a job now. And um, I think of um, 
networking as a process. It's something that you do, whether you need a job or not, whether you actually need anything or not. That's just a normal way to go through life. I mean, the reality is if you need the job today, the quickest way to get it is to apply, not to network, because network is a very long way of, of finding a, a really good fit. So is there any other reasons to, let's just start with basic. Are there any other reasons to network other than looking for a job? I think for anything, literally my network has built um, a more robust life in every possible way. You know, my current, uh, we just bought a, a vacation home and it was a really complicated mortgage. And the only reason we got it closed was because somebody knew somebody who was uh, in that unique niche space of what we were trying to do. Um, you know, whether it's getting somebody um, into a conference that you're trying to get into that's not in your field, whether it has to do with your children and your family and their hobbies and, and how you help with that. Um, your network touches every area of your life. It's not just professional. It's not just your job. Um, and it also builds you up, you know, as a, a woman in the profession, underrepresented women, I find my network to also um, throughout the years having um been crucial in your self-confidence, in building your sense of self, and in um, helping bolster you outside of your work so that you have um, you have something to anchor in that's not just tied to what you're doing professionally. So when when do you start and when do you do it actively? Like, what, let's talk about timing. Um, and I guess when do you stop, if ever? <laughs> you start always. And ideally, you start before you need something, to your point, right? It, the ideal is that you have built a robust network. And then when and if you need a new job or you need something, you have built relationships you can call upon. Nobody wants to be networked with. And then, a, and by the way, I need these six things from you. Um, instead, you lean into those that you've already built a relationship with. And then um, when something comes up, they're more than happy to expend their social um, you know, street cred for you or to um, use their capital to help. Uh, sponsorship is far more uh, valuable or strong than even mentorship. And mentorship is stronger and more valuable than uh, an acquaintance, right? Um, if someone wants me to refer them to something, I'm happy to if it's not a big deal, but I'm certainly not going to pick up the phone and call uh, a professional general counsel in my network that I don't know well and tell them this person's incredible and you should hire them unless I know they are because my reputation matters as well. And so having built that network early and maintained it so that it is ready if and when you do need something um, is, I think, really important. Don't start right when you need something, ideally. So let's talk about kind of approaching someone. Um, you know, that first email, that first hello, that first call, you know, you alluded to sort of, well, you know, check me out. You actually like, do know if I'm in-house or a law firm, you know, sort of basic things. But if you are sort of, you know, prepare kind of more holistically, what, what, what are you looking for? You know, how do you think about it? Uh, how do you kind of, you know, make sure that the first 10 seconds matter? How do you start on the right foot? Well, if it's a reach out, and in my book, I give some template emails um, that you can look at. Um, I think it's A, being very clear with your ask. Um, a lot of people are busy. They look over an email very quickly. If I have no idea what you're talking about, I may probably just table that email and look at it later. Um, so a clear ask, people who want to help still need to know what you need help with. So instead of just saying, hi, would love to be in your network. Well, that's wonderful. Great. I'll add you to my LinkedIn. And that's a passive network. That's great. Um, but if you want to meet or you want to talk, 
tell me why, right? And it doesn't have to be very specific, answer this one question, but you can say, hi, my name is so-and-so. I really enjoyed hearing you on Notes to My Legal Self with Olga. I loved that you said X about fill in the blank. Um, I'm looking to expand my network in such and such a way. Would be happy for you know a quick 30-minute virtual coffee if you're open to it. That gives me a sense of who you are, what you're doing, why you want to talk, and, and if I can help. And maybe I'm not the right person and there's someone else I can um, refer you to. Um, and in addition, I think the most important piece too is making it easy for someone to say yes. And so a pet peeve of mine is when someone shoots you a message and says, tell me when you're available. Well, that means I have to go look at my calendar, which is back to back. And then I need to like set up an email and give you bullet points of the openings that I have. And then I have to send that. And then if it takes you two days to get back, those are gone already. Um, and instead, and then half the time you send those and they respond and say, oh, I can't do those. Well, let me just check my, my calendar again, right? So giving some easy things that A, you make yourself available and you say, I'm available Monday, Wednesday, Friday, anytime before 3 p.m. PST, let me know and I'll set something up. That makes it super easy for me to say, okay, how about Tuesday at noon? Um, make it easy to say yes. I love that. Making I can't tell you how many times people reach out to me and then I spend three months going back and forth and I'm not even sure why we're meeting and I'm not the one requested it. And it goes over LinkedIn where there's very few tools for us to, for me to keep track. So I lose a lot of messages on LinkedIn because the messenger is really basic. I can't snooze things. I can't archive. So, so, so the basic things end up with sort of basic results of, you know, we may, you may be lost in a shuffle. Mm -hmm. um, so that, that's definitely, you know, important. I, and I, yes, I roll my eyes. I, <laughs> I, I don't usually roll my eyes, but if, if you reached out to me and then we go through a lot of back and forth and you are busy, you know, um, I roll my eyes. Absolutely. Um, you know, I have a few more questions. We're coming to the end, but I want to make sure we talk about things like, you know, being introverted or at least reluctant to approach strangers, you know, and by that, I mean, there is degrees of somebody being a stranger, someone you never talked to, maybe heard of, uh, maybe even intimidated by, how do you deal with a range of feelings of, you know, we never talked, to, so this is uncomfortable, or I perceive you to be ahead of me, and why would you talk to me? To what do I have to offer you? Um, you know, how do you know how do you approach this range of uncomfortable uh, situations? Most of it is sort of our internal judgments to make sure that you continue network with people who may matter in your life from whom you can learn. Yeah, I think there's a few things there. You said one, um, you know, self-confidence. And um, part of that is knowing your worth. Anybody is valuable in a network, right? I I've had incredible externs who are first-year law students who help me prepare for my, you know, coming up speeches that I'm giving. And they are incredible and amazing. And um, I learn from them. Um, two is we are in a unique time coming out of a pandemic and, you know, remote work that there are a lot of ways to network and you should make it your own. Um, so you don't have to go to the large 10,000 person conference and just strike up conversations with a group of people if that is making you break into a cold sweat. You can send an email and get on a one-on-one -on -one virtual call with pre-prepared bullet notes, if that's helpful to you, of the things you wanna say. Um, you know, Network nonetheless, push yourself out of your comfort zone, but, um, but 
make it your own and your own style so that you show up authentically because that also adds to being valuable in your network. And also I would say, going back to the you're your own PR brand, right? Everything you do is how you show up. And if you show up putting out there that you are less than and that you're not capable or valuable, that is what you're putting into your network as your PR brand. Um, that doesn't mean show up arrogant or knowing things you don't know, but it does mean showing up knowing you have value to add because you do. Speaking of 10,000 people conference, many of us are going to ACC in a few weeks. Yeah, um, yeah. What, is, what is the number one advice? You know, it, it is, an, you know, for those folks who haven't been there, it's uh, an overwhelming event. This is where you have an ascent from in-house lawyers worldwide. It's, 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 it's the place to be. It's amazing. It's also crowded and intimidating and all kinds of other things, uh, too much going on. What is, uh, what, what is your strategy for, for ACC networking? Yeah, I think it's one, I often go or meet up with friends or people I know, and that's wonderful, but I would also be intentional about making sure you're meeting people you do not know. And um, if they are intimidated to approach a group of people who know each other, which many people are, being inviting and keeping your eyes out for that. I would also think ahead of time, you know, if you have goals around who you want to meet and what you want to do, bring business cards. Um, but I think the key as you meet people, find connections and um, find people you want to have in your network is that you follow up. There are so many of these I go to and I talk to interesting people and I give my card to and I never get an email. And maybe the business card was lost or whatever. I usually add them on LinkedIn pretty immediately in case I lose the business card or I shoot an email from my phone just so I have it in my sense. Um, but follow up. Follow up is key. There is no point to network if you don't maintain a network. And so uh, set a goal for yourself ahead of time, whether that's I will follow up with three people or I will meet 10 people and follow up with five um, and then do that or else the investment of going to that conference may have been lost unless your goal was to just learn substantively and get CLE credit, which if that's your goal, great. Oh, that's a great goal. But but that's not a mutual exclusive goal. Learning and uh, working on non-mutual exclusive, you can have both. It's not totally. an or, it's an and. Um, I, I like the idea of, you know, catching up, setting up appointments ahead of time. That gives you confidence that you can do it. Uh, and then, you know, position yourself on the intersection where you can have some randomness, uh, hit your life and see where it takes you um, and maybe have some audacious goal. Here's one or two people that you are intimidated by, but you nonetheless want to um, to include in your network or at least say hello. Uh, having a variety of goals uh, for a conference, I find to be very useful to navigate a conference. Um, last question. Um, we talked about how you really want to make be sort of easy and an easy yes, right? Um, any other tips that will sort of optimize, maximize your ability to say hello to the right person, uh, start the right conversation, and ultimately build a professional relationship um, in, for your lifetime? Yeah, I think it goes back to, and I detail a lot of these in my book. I know we couldn't get to all of the pieces, um, but our it's called the art of networking because networking is an art, not a science. And so everything I say in the book here or otherwise, or anyone else, take with a grain of salt and make it your own. Um, but the key is maintaining a network. And so having a system for yourself that makes you intentional about networking and maintaining it because it gets lost. We're all very busy. We all are doing our day-to-day -day work or our families or whatever it is we're doing. And it is hard to network and networking itself is almost a job of hopefully 
pleasurable one, but a, a job in and of itself. It takes time, intention, dedication. Um, and to do it well, you have to set aside time, you have to have goals, and you have to maintain the network that you have built. And so I created a spreadsheet and I talk about it in the book and um, you know, I highlighted it and I have notes to myself about where people are. But one of the more important pieces is I have columns for um, no ask touches and ask touches. And I document the dates in which I touch a network, not literally, person. And um, you know, you don't wanna over ask. So if you're noting that you have had asks every other month, you're probably annoying your network. But if you have no touch at all for six months and I set my, I coded my spreadsheet so it'll automatically turn a color after six months, well, that person's starting to fall off your network if they haven't already. And that's okay. If you have a thousand person network, people will fall off, but you should be intentional about it. So I'll look at it and it's turning six months and I'll think I'm going to snooze that. And maybe in a year I'll send out a holiday card and that's my no ask touch. Um, you know, or, or I'll say, I don't want that person to fall off. So I'll go look up their LinkedIn and find a way to comment on one of their posts or shoot them a note saying, I'm thinking about them and asking if they want to catch up. Um, and so it's, it's having a system just like you do at work to not let important things fall off your radar, which networking is an important thing. Oh, I just love it. Um, oh, do check out Megan's book, Art of Networking. Uh, it's available on Amazon. And Megan, if you haven't done that already, please make sure to put a link uh, for folks to check out your book and learn from you. And I love that uh, spreadsheet method of making sure that you make informed decisions about how you intentionally build the network of your dreams. Uh, Megan, this has been a wonderful conversation. You know, you and I can talk all day. And I had such a fantastic time with you in Seattle um, that uh, I really thoroughly enjoyed then. And I enjoyed this more specific conversation today. Um, you give a lot of tips and even more available in your book. Um, if you want to make sure that, you know, people take at least one thing away from today's conversation, uh, if they take nothing else, uh, because you've been useful and you mentioned quite a lot of things, what is the one thing you want to make sure that people know about? It's probably cheating because it's going to be a hybrid, but I think the one thing you take away is start networking and start networking right away. Don't put it off as a thing you need to figure out how to do because it takes a long time, as we both talked about, to build a robust and meaningful network. And it's better to network not at all if you can't do it well. So start, but invest the time in making sure you're doing it well and maintaining it. Oh, I love it. Thank you so much for joining. Thank you uh, so much, Olga. <laughs> I love talking to you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. This was so great. Um, I, I really appreciate it. Um, audience, thank you for joining us. I am still figuring out how to continue this weekly conversations as I travel. I have to say October has been a really hard month. I've been traveling many more days than I would like. Those were good travels and I met many of you in person. If I am coming to a town near you, definitely say hello. I'll, I'll go above and beyond to find a way to, to have coffee or walk with you or and get to know you personally. Um, and at some point, I'll figure out how to do the show on the road and much, much more seamlessly. Um, as I mentioned before, these conversations are only possible because you make nominations about your peers who are amazing. So if there is someone you want to learn from, if there is an in-house professional leader that you want to learn from, have a conversation with, please make a nomination, tag me, uh, DM me, find a way to get in touch with me. I definitely 
love nominations. And if that nomination is you, again, I consider it to be an act of courage to self-nominate. With all of that in mind, thank you so much for joining. Uh, there are a number of you who have been active and asking questions. I really appreciate it. I hope you got out a lot of this conversation. Megan is very active on LinkedIn. I will encourage you to not only check out her book, but also follow her. She is extremely generous and shares a lot. So definitely do that. With that in mind, have a good day and I'll see you next time. Bye everyone. <laughs>